Hello, everyone. This is Jason Finkster with Full Time Hustle Podcast. Today, I have startup advisor Dan Light, uh, and we'll ask him his thoughts on entrepreneurship and what advice he has to give to early stage ventures. If that interests you, stay tuned. All right. Well, Dan, it's great to have you again. Uh, I would I'd like to start with uh, just turning the floor to you and you telling us. Who is Dan Light and all the, how did you go from yesterday and all the things of past to where you sit presently? Well, presently I advise early stage companies. I've uh, had four small businesses of my own. I've participated in the startup and, and growth of you know, hundreds of others. Um, I'm very interested in entrepreneurs and seeing businesses thrive and survive. Um, what is it that attracts you to the entrepreneurship? You, you mentioned you have your own past and as well as you've worked uh, in an advisory role, a consulting role to hundreds of others. What is it that attracts you to most of the entrepreneurship? It, there's always seems to be always something different. Always somebody has an, uh, a different spin. Even if it's an old problem, it's a different spin. And that's where you can affect the outcome in years to come is setting that foundation. Uh, once you get out even a year, a lot of times it's, it's more costly and more difficult to correct problems than if you nip them in the bud. Then I'll start with an elephant in the room, I guess, and a hard question just to get us, get the ball rolling already. You mentioned, you know, these affecting the outcome, which I think is a beautiful answer. What is the advice that you've seen in culmination of that multitude of experience? What advice would you have to someone listening that is either in a business or thinking of starting one? What is what is that gem of wisdom that I can glean from the very beginning? Well, I think there's probably a, a, a lot of better people to ask than me, but I would say that Humble. Uh, number one, make sure you're – solving a problem that somebody wants a solution to. Okay, you talk to people, well, I'm only starting a pizza shop. Well, okay, if you're not solving a problem necessary, think about why somebody would buy your pizza instead of Papa John's or Domino's or somebody else. There's got to be a reason for customers to come to you. You you speak of that goes right in line. I take it that you're a fan of the lean startup methodology in that it stresses in the very beginning to get outside of the building and validate the need and establish that need again from the onset. Um, how would you suggest someone to do that, 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 again, saying they either have started or they're on the brink? How do you, sticking to that lean startup methodology, get outside of the building and, and validate that there is a need? And second to that, how do you validate that or start to answer that Competitive differentiation is that what makes you you, what makes your pizza shop your pizza shop? Getting out of the building, I mean, is is a must because, as Steve um, Blank says, there is no truth in books. Okay, that at best, you know, a book is six months out of date by the time it's it's published. Okay, so you, you don't want to rely strictly on what you can find in the library to do your market research. It may be as simple 
as to just take a clipboard and go out and talk with prospective customers and see, you like this idea? What do you think about this? If I did this, would that, uh, would you like that better? Advances in technology, it's so easy to run A-B tests on, on different ideas and concepts. The time to, to do things right is in the beginning. You know, it, it may look like for a long time that you're, you're floundering or uh, you seem to be wandering around aimlessly, but where would you rather spend the money? You know, up front to where you can quit if you realize there is no market or there is no way out, or would you want to go build a company, create a company with a lot of money, and then go out and find nobody wants what you have to offer? And how expensive is that? I found that last one to be that uh, venture capital often proves to be crack to the startup world in that we idolize them, and yet it's 1% uh, really the companies, and they get this injection of cash, and later what happens, even if they get their seed round there, it's even a slimmer chance they'll make it to seed A. You know, they've got that because they just cannot keep up. They do have that. They start with that second scenario, Dan. They, they start with the injection of capital, um, and they just, unfortunately, for a lot of reasons, don't go out and solve a problem that's large enough to keep the growth that venture capitalists want to maintain. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, RCA used to have a program they called build a little, test a little. Now, they were referring to uh, – to software primarily, but it applies to just about anything you want to do in that you start off and you, you create or you put together your, your building block and then find that, test it. And then if you have to go back and you correct and test again, build, test, continue, or repeat. So you do work with, you mentioned working with lots of companies. How do you work with a company when you come in? Like, walk me through the onset, I guess, the customer journey of having Dan Light as the coach. Say, if someone listening wants to, they like what we're saying, and they want to work with you, what is that like, Dan? Do you come in and do, I tend to be the hard one, and I tend to, that, that only fits a certain profile. Now, it's, it's a, a question of, of where's the problem, and what's the problem? Not the symptom, but what's the problem? A lot of times it's, it's bringing that problem out, separating problems from symptoms, and then outlining a plan to go forward that incorporates that build and test, build and test, build and test, build and test, um, to where you're comfortable with what you're doing and at the pace that you're doing it. I like that. How, how, how do you, I'd like to dive more into that. How do you distinguish between – problem and symptom, and I'm saying that in my experience working primarily with tech-enabled ventures, we do get lost into the features of ourselves way more than than I'm comfortable with. Well, I don't know a lot about the Agile methodology, to be perfectly honest, but they seem to have a real good idea in developing a, a futures list and then developing features as you go with a minimal product set and the minimum viable product to get out and start seeing if people want what you're trying to sell. A lot of times, you know, I have to go through the same thing that I'm telling the entrepreneur to go, you know, build and test, except, you know, I try to uncover 
and then uh, put into perspective to try to get that, that separation between problem and symptom. That's key. And I've, in my own little ventures in coaching, I've struggled, I think, probably at that point myself in that as the advisor role, I don't think I've done a very good job at putting the problem always front and center. And then I like your model uh, subsequently to to test. I think, in, in, if I'm correct, Dan, implying in what you're saying, the test is ongoing. It's a, it, that's, a, that's a continual statement. Yeah. Even I don't care if you're a Fortune 50 company, you know, you've got to keep testing. You've got to keep making sure that what you're offering people is what they want. You know, you're never too big to fail. That is, that is that, for those that have ears, let them hear. I want to switch now. What is your experience with companies? I deal a lot with when they're raising. That's a lot when they're coming to me, whether they're raising equity and as of the last few years, I've been more into the debt side of financing just simply because I can say yes more often. Um, what advice do you have to give someone to answer, uh, as I look back, into the equity side of things? Unfortunately, I had to say no 99% of the time, and that I found that inherently a struggle because I don't like to say, I'm a yes man um, at, at heart. Uh, and, you know, when you say no 99%, it wasn't good for me. So how do you – help someone at the onset to answer the question that I've had to stress and really still trying to dig out to a lot of people and bring the reality is that you're not fundable. Yeah. How do you help someone to become fundable or how do you even articulate and express what it means to be fundable? One of the first things is you got to make sure that the person that you're going to for funding is actually funding your type of company. Well, good point. Uh, and then it's just a matter of providing, again, can you meet their requirements? You know, if, if, uh, if too many times you see restaurant people try to approach, uh, folks who, who strictly finance tech companies or vice versa, well, you're not going to get any money out of them to begin with. You're wasting your time beating your head against the wall. Okay. So you find, first find somebody who's interested in you or your type of company, and then most of them will tell you right up front what the requirements are. And if you can meet them, great. If you can't, then either work on meeting them or work on meeting somebody else's requirements. I think this question is more for me than it is for the audience. Uh, what do you think, I guess the first question I'll ask is, what is your preferred or do you see is the best form of, say, financing for an early stage venture and really the question I'm going to ask for myself is I've of late became a fan of debt financing in that at the onset, at the onset of a company, you do not have any validation to give someone else. So the onus is on you to prove it. Therefore, yes, I am a fan of going to go get loans and debts, you know, just traditional term loans for business versus going to go ask for equity, which in essence is asking for other people's money to prove your problem. Pretty much. Um, I think the best in the beginning is bootstrap as long as you can. 100%. Um, and then w if you have to go out and get other money, whether it's debt or equity funding, you know, know what you're going to do with it and what you expect the outcome to be. That's one of the things I say that about debt that has I've seen a benefit is those that do go down that road 
just by simple nature of them being more vested because they are responsible for that financing, there's more skin in the game at the inception, and I, that has, in hindsight, proven a lot beneficial to the founders, and I, I guess that's what shapes my opinion, and that I'm, as of late, a, a big fan of debt financing, especially at the early stage. Um, well, Dan, tell me, how who is it that you prefer to work for if, say, this blog just happens to cross your audience um, who is it that you're looking to work for? Or who is it that, you know, really makes Dan get up in the morning and be excited? You know, when I started this in 1990, I started with the intention of working with technology companies. And, but I looked back over my client list and there have been technology companies, but there've been a lot that, that aren't technology companies. I mean, 3D printers, which I guess you could argue is a technology company, but um, uh, a daycare center for medically challenged children, clothing manufacturers, um, rain boot manufacturers. I mean, there's just, it's, I've intentionally stayed a generalist. That's beautiful, um, actually, because the, the beauty in that answer is that's the majority of companies. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's been a long, strange trip. So you uh, could say that Dan's brand is he's for the other, he's for the other guy. I, I I've always said if if you have a, an interesting problem, uh, then I'm interested in helping you solve it. How would someone reach out to you? How would they get in contact with you? Well, like everybody else these days, I'm on the on the web at danlikedirect.com, and I think that's the same as Facebook is. Uh, um, Dan Light Director, Dan Light Consulting, perhaps. Um, you know, like I say, they could probably ask you as well. <laughs> I have. I will testify that um, it's it's your contact is synced across the web. And again, if they type Dan Light, uh, they'll get to you rather quickly. Um, so that that is that I give you kudos for for your online presence. Um, well, Dan, it's 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 always a pleasure for me personally to talk to you, but more importantly, I would like for you in some way to help, uh, again, get you in front of the people that I know that you could benefit. Um, and to anybody listening, I swear by Dan 100% and have since the days when I first met him at, at, at I think you came and met me at a Hooters restaurant in Fredericksburg. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I remember that. I think I had the fish and chips, and you were eating wings. I was, anyways. That's so polite of me. <laughs> well, Dan, I'm going to end the recording, um, but I hope that this is a long series, and maybe the next one, if I could tee up a follow-up, that uh, as I talk to other entrepreneurs, niche problems that come along, um, I would like to kind of use you as a resource to maybe have like a 10, 20-minute discussion like this around niche problems. This is, again, of course, I need to introduce you to the audience, um, but there are patterns that come out when I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. I won't speak of any of them. I won't give any examples now to, to, to pigeonhole. Um, but if I do see a theme, and I'm already thinking of a few, uh, I would like to kind of call you back and we have a focused discussion on niche problems as related to uh, other entrepreneurs that I'm speaking to. I think that would be great. Dan, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to end this recording. Okay, Jason.